it is Thursday, the 21st of January, 2021. Yesterday saw the typical pomp and circumstance that accompanies uh, an inauguration, and quite frankly, the boringness of it all was quite refreshing. I enjoyed it. Right up until I saw Alex Rodriguez standing on the platform. Scandalous cheat, over-enunciator, and mortal enemy, a friend of the show, Rich Leaf, who never earned his pinstripes. Of all the people to weasel the, their way up there, it had to have been him, huh? And then his, his lovely paramour, J-Lo, sang, but not nearly as well as the anthem from uh, Lady Gaga. It was an interesting show. All of that and more on episode 59, the Daryl Irvine episode. Settle in, folks, because this is a great story about how stupid your old boy Dave really is. Let me take you back to, I think it was like 2008. And uh, Dave's uh, job uh, sent him around uh, on the road most days. So happened to get an email one day about the, the Boston Red Sox are having a, a yard sale, which was just a clever way for them to get rid of a bunch of shit that they uh, didn't really want anymore and probably make a few bucks off of it. So Dave's like, all right, uh, we're going to head down there, uh, down to Fenway Park, old beautiful shithole Fenway Park. And, uh, you know, see what they got. So I just moved into a new place. So it was 2008, I think. Yeah, I think it was 2008. I just moved to a new place in Marshfield. And uh, they they were selling, you know, like a, a round uh, table and chairs that was in one of the clubhouse suites. They were selling it for like 20 bucks. I'm like, fuck, sold. And they had this bucket, this giant box of game-worn jerseys uh, from players in the past. But they didn't tell you what was in the bag. So you paid 75 bucks. You grabbed the bag. Uh, and you got, you know, whatever you got. So I grabbed a bag. And uh, I got a couple other things. A couple of bricks from, uh, you know, shit that they were doing when they were tearing shit down and whatnot. So got all my shit. I had to go and uh, go in the back of the building and pick up my, my table and chairs. I was probably in there maybe an hour or so. Not long. So I was driving a Ford Escape at the time. So I, I leave Fenway Park. I walk to the, the back of the uh, uh, down, down, you know, what was not Yaki Way. What's the other? Lansdowne Street. I walk down Lansdowne Street, the corner of Lansdowne and uh, Ipswich Street. And I was parked on the street. My car is gone. I'm like, huh. Well, that's that's interesting. So I'm looking around and. And I happen to see a gentleman in the old Ipswich Street garage, which came up in the past. I uh, said, hey, buddy, uh, I was parked here. My car's gone. He's like, oh, what, what'd you have? Is like, oh, a white Ford Escape. Yeah, I got towed. I'm like, what? Why? Well, you're in a handicap spot. I'm like, what? Sure enough, no clue. Didn't even notice. Parked in a handicap spot. So now... Here I am. I've got a couple of bricks, a 
bag with something in it. And now I have to fucking spend uh, the next however long chasing down the car. So I'm making phone calls. Uh, took a cab ride to the tow lot, the city of Boston tow lot, which is in the fucking worst spot. Uh, Off of 93, it's gross. You, You don't even know it's there until you actually go there. Go there, and I'm like, all right, well, what the fuck? The amount of hoops that I had to jump through just to pay the fine to get my fucking car out of here uh, was ridiculous. And I'm like, you know, and quite frankly, I was being a dick to the person behind the counter because I was pissed. Like, look, I will just pay you for this. Just here's the money. Give me back my car. They made me fucking wait and wait and wait. And, you know, of course, they're like, oh, we close it. I don't know, three o'clock. I'm like, all right, so I've been here since 10. What do you want me to do? I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. I ended up calling my dad and I said, hey, you mind, can you come to the tow lot and bring me uh, back to my place because uh, they're not giving me my fucking car? My poor father, God bless his soul, uh, gets in the car, drives to Boston. And in the meantime, at probably 10 minutes to three, all right, you can uh, you can get your car. So my father's already on his fucking way. So I get my car. Now I'm uh, at, what, I think $365 short because I got to pay the fine for parking in the fucking spot. I got to pay the fucking fine, the cost for the tow truck, and then the fine, the storage fee, which was laughable. I was probably at that fucking lot maybe 10 minutes after my fucking car got there. And I had to pay it like, I don't know, $75 storage fee. Fuck you, city of Boston. Bullshit. So, I wait in the parking lot. My poor father, he has a fucking right laugh about the whole thing. And, uh, all right, yep, off you go. Thanks, Pop. Appreciate it. Off he goes back to back to our old Rainham. I get in my car, and I'm getting ready to drive back to Marshfield, and, and it at that point, it dawns on me that I have not looked to see uh, the jersey that I bought. I reach in the back seat while I'm driving in traffic, open it up, and what is it? A number 59 Daryl Irvine jersey. Daryl Irvine pitched roughly 14 innings for the Boston Red Sox across two years in like 90 and 91. <laughs> It's a terrible fucking story. I, I still have the stupid jersey. I'm eventually going to get it framed just because I'd like to have the guy sign it, to be perfectly honest. But who the fuck knows where this guy is? Probably in a ditch somewhere. Ugh. Anyway, that was an annoying day. And this is Complaints and Observations. Wait. No, it's not. Hold on. No, wait. Now it is. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. I have a, a tingling in my trousers and it's not a good one. Sounds good. Let me put on some chapstick real quick. What's your boyfriend's name? <laughs> Arthur. Wait, you can't- oh.
the hell is Dave LaPointe? That was a, a long open. I do apologize, but it's a it's a story that I like to tell, even though it still fucking kind of aggravates me. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it, all four of you. Thank you for taking time out of your uh, horribly busy schedule. Um. Please, I'm, I'm giving you fair warning. My allergies today have been ghastly. I mean, a lot of fucking watery eyes, runny noses, headache, sneezing like crazy. So not good for old Dave here. But, uh, but yesterday, Wednesday, Inauguration Day, terrific day. For rationally thinking people. No, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. No, I'm not kidding. That's true. Uh, good day. You know, as I mentioned, the, the pomp and circumstance was back. It was, it felt normal. As normal as politics can be, which is completely abnormal as it is. Um, I am of the belief that the gentleman that we now have as president is a decent human being. And quite honestly, I think that's all you can really hope for is a decent human being. Is he going to do everything right? No. Is he going to do everything wrong? No. Is he going to be a decent person? That's the hope. That's really all you should be shooting for, honestly. But uh, I thought it was well done. Didn't need the uh, the dumb uh, politician jokes. Too many. Too many. Oh, I didn't think there was going to be snow here today. Whoa, 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 whoa. Shut up. Just shut up. Read your fucking card. Get off the stage. Move this along. The quicker that we can fucking get through this, the quicker we can take care of all the shit that we actually need to do, which is work. That's the idea. Um, but uh, Kamala Harris, very nice. I enjoyed that. It was uh, history-making. Um, you know, a black woman being the vice president, quite frankly, is amazing to me. It's amazing. Uh, do I agree with everything that uh, that she has done or says? No, of course not. She shouldn't. I mean, or I shouldn't, I should say. It's so kind of the point. Um, we have a uh, second dude, as I heard somebody on CNN say, second dude. And then I heard the same thing on Fox uh, shortly after, which makes me think that Fox was watching CNN. But, uh, you know, the music was good. Uh, ish. Honestly, the highlight, the most impressive part was that kid, uh, Amanda Gorman, her, her um, the poet. Very impressive. Kid was great. Would have been, you know, even better if the crowd started snapping instead of applauding, but must have been too cold. Um, but it was, you know, the whole thing is very interesting because, you know, you have, you know, the presidents from, from the past on both sides of the aisle coming to support the transfer of power. So... That's typically how it's supposed to go, but in uh, you know typical fashion for uh, the the gentleman who was in that in that office previously, um, Mr. Trump felt the need to to get out of there as quickly as possible, which no one is surprised by. Uh, he has the maturity of of a seven year old. It's un it's unbelievable to me. 
really. It, it's so crazy that someone who's supposed to be an adult and the, and the most powerful, uh, theoretically, most powerful person on the planet is a child. And it just, this, this last act sealed the deal. Unbelievable to me. But yet, at the same time, completely believable. You know, when Mike Pence shows up and, you know, a lot of nodding, a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, like, I don't even know the term, like, with his eyebrows, like, his, his squinty, squinty eyes, when so his eyebrows are kind of pursed, I guess, is probably the, the word you could use. Nodding. Because that stupid fucking nod. <laughs> but, I mean, even he showed up. But here's the thing, though. He's a politician, so there was no doubt that he that he was going to be there. You know, he's he's ridiculous, and he was by Trump's side the whole time. So I mean, he's not. What, what sort of brownie points is he hoping to get now? Like you're a little late there, Charlie. But uh, but he was there because that's what you're supposed to do. Al Gore, for some reason, not there. Dan Quayle was there. Dan fucking Quayle was there. Donald Trump wasn't. Go figure. Um, but yeah, it it was it was a a, a move to uh, hopefully you know get back to some sense of normalcy. That's again, I just want politics to be boring. Make politics boring again. That that's the fucking free gift I'm giving you. If you if you have an apparel company and you want to make some money, you need you need a fucking hat or a t-shirt. You have to put the complaints and observations logo on there because this is a copywritten statement. Make politics boring again. Somebody probably already took it because it's a great fucking idea. I'm an idea man, so it works. It's perfect. Anyway. Uh, this week, I am very happy to to have an interview to share with you. Uh, this week, it's my friend Sarah, who runs the uh, always interesting Instagram account called Doors of Salem. It was a very fun conversation. I certainly hope you enjoy it. Check it out. My guest this week is yet another dear friend of mine uh, who happens to be the purveyor of a very interesting Instagram feed called at Doors of Salem which literally features doors in Salem, as well as some highlights from in and around town or maybe just in town. I don't know. Any place north of the city is like fucking Oz to me, so I have no clue. Uh, she also likes shitty bars and uh, is one of the loudest talkers I've ever met. Uh, please welcome the one and only Sarah Carey. Sarah, welcome hey. to the program. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for agreeing to uh, to join in, in this uh, really stupid fucking podcast that I have, uh, because this is what you're supposed to do nowadays is is have your own podcast. Yeah, Every, everybody well, has one. Uh, yeah, literally everyone has a podcast. And I feel like I run uh, a pretty dumb and weird Instagram page. So I feel like this is a natural, natural joining. Of See, the, the thing is, like, I wouldn't call it dumb. It's it's a little I've, obscure. Right, which is why I think it's great. It, it's, a, it's a niche. Now, see, the problem is yeah. when you look up how to start a podcast, one of the things they say is you should have a niche. 
Uh Uh, I have no niche. Uh, My podcast is just complaining. (laughs) It's nothing. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) it's just complaints um, and observations. Yeah, which are nothing. There's no niche there. It's just some dumb fat guy talking and complaining (laughs) about dumb shit. It's fucking stupid. I mean, but how many episodes? You got quite a few now. I, I think, am. Right? Uh, I, this will be 59. You'll be oh, number wow. 59. Yeah. Well, look, I'm bored. Uh, it's the middle of a global pandemic. And um, I really I don't watch television. So I've got, you know, nothing else to do. Nothing else to do with your there time. You go. No. Well, I saw an obscure uh, statistic the other day that 75 percent of podcasters quit before their 50th episode. So See? well, fuck them. Look at that. <laughs> You are now on the top tier, my friend. I am in the 25%. I get four (laughs) listeners roughly per episode. Well, you know, hopefully maybe we'll get a bump to five. All right. So the first question I wanted to ask, like, what what made you uh, start uh, taking pictures of doors and then putting them on Instagram? (laughs) Well, so in my neighborhood, I live in, I mean, Salem is pretty old you know, in general, but my particular neighborhood is definitely on the older side. Mm -hmm. Um, Like my house was built in, I think, 1806. Um, Yeah. So, you know, it's pretty up there. Um, So a lot of the houses around my neighborhood have, you know, either like very old style or they'll have like a bright color or something like that. And I just, you know, started taking pictures of them and put them on my own Instagram. Um, and I had a couple, you know, friends reach out to me and they were like, this, this is good. Like, I like this. I would like to see more of it. And I said, okay, I guess I'll just start an Instagram. <laughs> and then that's how I did that. Oh. Um, and it's, it's been kind of funny because Salem, you know, it has like a very much a small town vibe, but it's really not that small um, in terms of like, you know, population and stuff like that. And it's been a, a really nice way to kind of connect with other people in the community, like, you know, businesses and um, restaurants and all that kind of stuff. So it's really kind of taken off in a way that I never thought it would. Mm. Mm. So I haven't been to Salem since I was, I think, 12. Which <laughs> One of the was... House of Seven Gables? Yes, literally. <laughs> That's up the street from me. Is it? Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I have zero clue or zero reference about, about the town at all. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I thoroughly enjoy about that page is that you're always showing other shit around town other than just obviously doors Mm -hmm. so one of the things that you know my assumption is that this has come to you at at some point but i am a big big fan of uh the uh old dirty boston podcast are you Mm -hmm. familiar with old dirty boston i don't think so oh this kid is fantastic talks Mm -hmm. about all kinds of weird shit in the city but he also will do this he has been doing it for months where he goes around and films like these his stories will just be, oh, I'm at breakfast at this place in Somerville. Mm-hmm. They have a great mm-hmm. fucking burger, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. I'm like, that would be so perfect for your page. So perfect. Yeah. Where you just go somewhere, you film shit, you put it on the fucking story. And then people are like, oh, 
Salem really isn't all just witchy nonsense. <laughs> I can go check out this other thing. It was just something that popped into my head literally this morning. Yeah. Because he posted something about he was at a diner in Somerville or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, oh, wow. But you should check out his page, Old Dirty Boston. On, I will. And he has a podcast, to too. That's that. very good. It's excellent. Anyways, that was a complete aside. So, <laughs> um, so give me, you know, obviously you're, you're familiar with, with your town, so you know the ins and outs. Give me and my four listeners, um, you know, the, the sort of non-touristy, uh, you know, dumb witchy crap um, side of Salem that you would suggest to somebody from, you know, out of town or out of state or whatever that was, yeah. that was interested in, in, in seeing Salem. So it's kind of funny because I mean, so like this year, for example, you would think that October might've been a little bit quieter. It is very much not the case this year. Still really? Thousands. Oh yeah. Out of state, like um, Vermont plates, Pennsylvania plates, Florida plates. I'm like, guys, please, you know, you can come here literally at any time during the year and all, like all the museums are still going to be open. You can still do all the, the witchy touristy stuff that, that you want to do. Cause that really is a, like a big draw for a lot of people. Sure. Um, I mean, the, the history is just, you know, it, it goes so deep and it's so interesting to, to learn about. Um, so, I mean, there are just, an unlimited amount of, you know, stupid Halloween things that you can do, but they do have, um, Peabody Essex Museum is honestly an, an incredible museum. They always have, um, like different rotating, um, like exhibits that they'll do like showcasing ones. Um, so I've seen <laughs> some of the ones that I've gone to have been about, uh, like steamships, Fabergé eggs. Oh. I went to one about hats. It was fascinating. I was like, I love this. All different types of hats. I love hats. I love hats. I went to a shoe one. That was great too. But they just have like so, uh, just such an interesting variety of things. And then they'll have, you know, really old, like they have a section that's like basically old America. So like, you mm. know, 16, 1700s when Salem was, you know, getting started and the yeah. witch trials. They have a special right now all about the witch trials. Um, but I think one of the things that kind of might surprise people when they come here is like the food and drink and like brewery scene is incredible. Um, I personally think that like some of the restaurants here are, you know, Boston level in terms of um, like decor and aesthetic and um, quality of food that they offer and, you know, just the skill set that the people working there have. Um, and, you know, I think in the last five years, maybe there's been at least four or five breweries that have opened and, you know, really good ones that I can, oh, wow. yeah. I mean, there's Notch, um, Far From the Tree Cider, Deacon Giles is a distillery. What? Um, yeah. Really? There's like, yeah, there's a bunch. What was it called? Deacon Giles. Hmm. They have a little bar in their uh, distillery that they call a speakeasy, which is always, they always have like, you know, fancy little mm. drinks and all Oh, that. that's so, that's so quaint. <laughs> Just make fucking whiskey for Christ's sake. Do they have whiskey also, yet? Um, I know that they have Or is vodka. it just like gin and vodka? 
They right have now. gin, vodka, rum, spiced rum. Yeah. Okay. I'm not 100% sure if they have whiskey. Probably not. It's probably yeah. aging, if I had to guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, that's cool. Huh. But then, you know, like you said, I love shitty bars. There are still plenty of those as well. Is I like, there? I like a bar where the, the crowd is described as crotchety. Cro- you know, like <laughs> the median age is about 52. <laughs> and there's Kino. And you, your feet stick to the carpet? Yes, there yeah. is carpet. Right. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. You can run the full gamut. There you go. <laughs> and there's Kino. And there's Kino. <laughs> Who doesn't love Kino? I mean. I think I won once and I'm still chasing that high. Are you serious? <laughs> once? You oh, know, like God. one big once. I think oh. I've won like, you know, two or three dollars here or there. But I won a hundred dollars once on one, two, three, four. Wow. I know. And now I've been playing one, two, three, four for See? 25 years. Right. It's never yeah. going to happen again. No, never. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Cool. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. I did not know there was a, uh, a distillery there. Hmm. Yeah. My interest is peaked. Yeah. You might be able to order from online there, too. Is that right? Will they ship it or do I have yeah. to like actually drive up there to get it? No, I think they they'd probably ship it. Hmm. Good to know. May ship. Adding that to my notes. Yeah. Exclamation point. <laughs> there you go. I have to go to um to the Kowloon at some point, so oh my I could I don't even go past sad. the Kowloon. Why? Well, What's have sad? You not, have you not heard? They're not closing. I but it's like a blooming black cloud over no, my head. No, no, no. <laughs> Please come on. I don't know. They're, They'll they're never, gonna look. be able to get a pretty penny for that. Right, I know, but do you know the amount of money that they make? Oh, I know. It's crazy, and yeah. I understand they're going to close at some point. But right, look, Andy Wong assured me via Twitter that it will uh, that it was just yes, yeah. I've been following Andy Wong on Twitter for quite some time. I love that. Yeah, he's great. But my my issue with that is. You know, if they're going to sell that parcel and, and all that kind of stuff, and I'm sure they're going to build condos there. I'm sorry, no. who wants to live on Route 1? Nobody. That's the other thing, too. I mean, how far – it depends, though. How far back does the property line go? If it goes far enough right. back, then – but I don't, I've never really ventured to the, the edges of the parking lot over there. So That's a big parking lot. It's massive. They had a fucking um, – movie screen in there like all summer long yeah yes and i will never forget they posted um it was like the end of the fall um when a lot of restaurants were taking down their outdoor seating Mm. they they posted on instagram and said our outdoor seating is now indoors (laughs) (laughs) so you have indoor seating is what you're telling me (laughs) Uh, that's awesome i don't understand well they're just they're just sharing. It, it's big news. It was. It was yeah. You know. I got a um. I got a ten dollar gift certificate to the Kowloon from my uh, new employer. They gave $10. us. They gave us a bunch of, uh, of gift cards that literally were supposed to be for Christmas. They showed up, like last week, right around oh, the same time as your Christmas card, yeah. a month late. Yeah. And it's for a bunch of places like. Uh, Harrow's Chicken Pies is another one, Excellent. which is great. I love that place. So would yeah. they drive up Route One and just get one from <laughs> I think every? So. I think they did. There was a couple. There was another one too, but 
And then I got the um, Phantom Gourmet gift card, which, meh, whatever. What can you do? It's good enough. Right. Free food, well, those you, you, know? you can use anywhere, I think, right? Well, well yeah, I think almost so. Almost anywhere. Almost anywhere. Almost. So, all right. The next thing that I wanted to discuss, mm-hmm. and the reason that this popped into my head, okay, is because uh, on your Instagram feed the other day was um, Gary, oh, Gary the cat. I with, love Gary. Okay, so here's my thing, and this pop, this is, I don't know why this suddenly came to me. I used to follow this other account. It was like a dog and a cat, mm-hmm. like Henry the Colorado dog. I think was the name of the feed <laughs> or something. I don't know. And then so this creative. cat comes along. Yeah, I know. And then this cat comes along. And so it's the two people constantly taking pictures of the cat and the dog. Mm-hmm. Very cute. It's it's wholesome content. And I enjoyed it. Well, <laughs> then, then these fuckers started pitching like product. You know, oh. beyond say the, hey, we have a calendar of pictures of our cat and dog. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond that. Not now, now you're exploiting the poor animals. And now <laughs> I'm thinking that every single one of those pictures, like the poor cat's like, get me the fuck out of here. So when I saw Gary, like. Like pageant moms. <laughs> exactly. But for fucking cats, Sarah. <laughs> so I see this Gary and it's a picture of the dude skiing with the yeah. cat like clinging to his fucking jacket wanna know why it's not cute gary wants to get the fuck out of there but oh hey you can buy a sticker of gary with a pair of goggles on i love it i i'm i'm ready to buy hundreds of stickers of gary as long as he has those goggles on i, find I think it's it, the cutest thing but gary wants nothing to do with those goggles that's you know what fair. Gary wants to do? Gary wants to sit on his ass, like lay down in the sun, uh, wait for his food to come, have somebody <laughs> pet him occasionally. That's it. Yeah. That's what Gary wants to do. Gary doesn't want to be on a leash outside doing, unless outside is like your backyard. Mm-hmm. I, I fucking hate that. It drives me crazy. Well, and I also think too that there's a... <laughs> A deep fundamental difference between stuff that cats do and stuff that dogs do. Dogs want to go out and have a good time and That's see right. the sights and all that. And <laughs> right. Cats just want to stay home and, you know, have their Sleep. boundaries and be left alone. <laughs> That's right. That's why I love cats so much. <laughs> exactly. It's like, leave me alone. Let me just do my own thing. Yeah. Don't bring me on a fucking ski slope so you can take a <laughs> fuck bunch of fucking pictures honestly this literally came to me yesterday (laughs) and i thought of it and i'm like i cannot believe that that i uh am am, like privy to this nonsense like i'm feeding into it yeah and i'm i'm talking to my cat and i said would do you want to put on a harness and go skiing and she just looked at me and was like no dude like well, do you know what I had to, to go through to just get that elf hat on Maggie oh, for the Christmas e- card? I can't even imagine. You should see the outtakes from that. It's really, they're beautiful. <laughs> uh, Surprised for, I, for, I'm still alive at this point. <laughs> <laughs> knifed me in my sleep. For, for the listeners, uh, Sarah tortured her cat and, and put, um, <laughs> put 
put a Santa hat on the poor on poor Maggie and took pictures of it and then shared those pictures with uh, everybody that she knows. Literally everybody. Literally everyone. <laughs> just texted knows. people on my phone. Hey, can I have your address? <laughs> and honestly, the amount of responses that I got of why do you need my address? I was like, oh, sorry, <laughs> am I like? Just Are give we... me your address. <laughs> why are you asking questions? Hi, I'm going to put a bag of poop on your porch. <laughs> it's December 5th. What do you think is happening? <laughs> I know. Apparently, I'm very suspicious. So, well, I mean, that's, yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah. So, but I said, um, anyway, so, so <laughs> uh, yeah, I got really, um, went off on a tangent about the cats and I, it bothered me. And I figured, yeah. uh, you know, who, who would understand that? nobody um but i figured i would ask you just the same yeah i mean i understand it doesn't mean that i'm gonna love gary any less (laughs) (laughs) you know i understand but i feel like i want to need gary now i want to rescue you know yeah but doesn't he live in like canada or something yeah probably if anything gary probably needs to rescue us at this point (laughs) (laughs) um I personally look. Uh, the thing about all this quarantine stuff mm-hmm. that bothers me the most is that I can't travel. Oh yeah. Honestly, that's it. Like having to like stay home, mm-hmm. uh, not interact with people. Mm-hmm. Fucking love it. That's fine yeah. by me. I have zero <laughs> qualms with that. No problem. Like I've been. I hate. I here's the other thing I was thinking yesterday too. I don't want to be that guy or person that's like, oh, 2020 was a great year for me uh, because I, you can't do that. Like, you gotta I posted have actually something just like that. I was like, if I hear one more person say that 2020 gave them hustle or that they were actually blessed, I'm, I'm my, 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 my face might split in half <laughs> from the rage. Like I, there's no other, please stop. Yeah. Yeah, things are allowed to just be shitty mm-hmm. for for no apparent reason right. and you don't have to put some positive spin on it you really fact, don't and i know that sounds terrible to, no it doesn't you don't have to say anything yeah like why do you need to fucking post it that oh wow my year was terrific okay well three hundred thousand people died but yeah like again read the fucking room i'm happy yeah, for you exactly i'm glad that you're hustling good for you <laughs> you know like what the fuck? I think Enough. read the room might have been my phrase of last year, to be yeah. honest. Well. I really did I said it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> On a like a for a variety of you know situations. Of different things, yeah. Please read oh, the room. That's terrific. <laughs> we just don't need this anymore. Yeah, there you go. All right. Sarah, I uh, I greatly appreciate uh your time. Uh, your expertise. I I stress again to all of uh four of my listeners. Uh, to uh, <laughs> visit at Doors of Salem, follow yeah. the page, um, and you know, pay attention to the numerous um, Instagram stories that Sarah will post. Mm-hmm. Because nine times out of ten, they are very good. There's that one time out of ten where I'm like, "What? What is she doing here?" Yeah, but it might be Maggie. Uh, that one time out of ten. No, you see, no. Maggie, you should put more Maggie. To be honest. <laughs> And then you can make Maggie t-shirts yeah. and fucking Maggie stickers. My only concern is that since Maggie is a black cat, people are going to think that I'm like a real crazy Salem person, you know, because I'm like fitting this. Yeah, I know. 
Why not? It's you should you fits. should lead the shoe fits, I guess. You should lead tours of the doors of Salem, and then you can have another Instagram page and call doors of tours of doors of Salem. <laughs> and behind this door is an even smaller door. <laughs> the whole tour is you just opening, constantly opening doors to smaller doors. That'd be great. I love there you it. Go. Thank you for the inspiration. Yeah, well, I expect to see that very soon. Thank you very much, and I expect a cut. All right, that'll end the program. Thank you. I will talk to you real soon, I promise. All right, all right. Goodbye. Good. Bye. That was fun. Like I said, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was much longer than that. Uh, there are some outtakes from that interview that I may use down the road because they were pretty good. Uh, but in the interest of file size, I had to trim that way down. Uh, my terrific uh, hosting company here has a limit on the size of a file, which is just stupid. So I had to trim it way down. So hopefully I can use some more of that. Maybe next week I'll, I'll pull some more. Who knows? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll double dip with Sarah, you know? Why not? Um, because, yeah, she's awesome. I hope to have her back soon. That'd be nice. Now, oh, by the way, please go to at Doors of Salem on Instagram. At Doors of Salem. One word, Doors of Salem on Instagram. Check it out. If you like Doors or you like Salem, it's a great feed. If you don't like either, you know, it's going to be kind of tough for you. If you listen to that interview and you think, oh, this, you know, she's she's interesting, you could try that. Maybe maybe that'll uh, get you to go there. Um, if you if you like me, which you know, you probably don't. You're probably listening to this out of pity. It's thanks, I guess. I don't know. Doors of Salem, check it out now. On to the toy aisle, shall we? Uh, big news in the toy aisle this week, okay? Uh, the New York Metropolitans. Sports, sports, sports. The New York Metropolitans are simply amazing. No matter how hard they try, they just can't stop being the Mets. It is impossible. They got a new owner. This gentleman, Steve Cohen. Interesting cat. Seems like a decent guy, a little quirky, which you sort of have to be. He's like a, he's like a hedge fund guy, numbers guy, absurdly rich guy. Paid way too much fucking money for the goddamn New York Mets. Go figure. Uh, but I like the fact that he's trying to make the Mets something other than the usually hapless Mets. Well, he fired the GM that he inherited, who had only been there for a year. Another weirdo. But again, I think you have to be inherently strange to be the GM of the Mets. Because there's so much shit there. There's a lot of shit. The history of ownership for the Mets is very odd. Um, in, in I think it's in July. I think it's July 1st every year. Something called Bobby Bonilla Day. If you're not familiar with Bobby Bonilla Day, check it out. Bobby Bonilla was a good player back in the 90s. Still making money from the Mets. Because he signed as a free agent and deferred a lot of money. Oh, excuse me. 
<sighs> well, so, oh, and, and, and also, um, I don't know if it was the last owner. Yeah, the Wilpons. The last owner of the Mets was a, a good friend of um, Bernie Madoff. And Bernie Madoff fucking ripped his ass off to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. So there's that too. But, you know, they're the Mets. It's like inherently goofy and dumb. They're the second team in the city. You know, they're like the Jets. The Jets and the Mets are the same fucking thing. If you like the Jets, you like the Mets. If you like the Mets, you like the Jets. And guess what? You never have any enjoyment of any sport ever. It's very strange. The dynamic in New York with two teams for, for all four major sports is weird. Even soccer. There's even two fucking soccer teams. Go figure, huh? Hmm. All right. Anyways, back to the point. So <clears throat> Steve Cohen and the Mets hire a new GM kid by the name of Jared Porter. Porter, from Minnesota, with some uh, family ties to hockey. Uh, he is cousins with a current Penguins head coach, Mike Sullivan, former Bruins uh, coach, Mike Sullivan. Good coach, but he's one of these guys that, you know, the benefit of really good players. He just happens to have Sidney fucking Crosby, who's one of the best players ever. So he's won a couple cups. There you go. Uh, but Jared Porter moves to Duxbury. Duxbury. Well, in high school, it ends up at Thayer Academy. I have never met someone who went to Thayer that didn't come off as an entitled douchebag either during or after their time there. Must be something in the water. Or they're just naturally douchey. And look, it's a terrible fucking assumption and, and, and shitty thing to say, but it's true. I have yet to meet somebody who went to that fucking institution that I, that was actually a likable person. And I've you know been unfortunate to meet quite a few. If you went to Thayer Academy and you're not a douchebag, please let me know. We'll, come on the show. We'll talk. Uh, Mr. Porter then goes to Bowdoin, of course. And he ends up being uh, an intern in the Cape Cod Baseball League. The Cape League, uh, they have what I imagine to be like a trust fund requirement to get one of these internships. So from there, he interns with the Red Sox, where eight years later, he ends up as the director of pro scouting. Quite the journey. Uh, quite honestly, it's a wet dream scenario for a lot of people around here. I'm one of them. Granted, I attempted a similar path in my mid-30s. Didn't work. I ended up working for a different summer league team just off the cape and nothing came of it. What can you do? Busted my balls for fucking three years for, like, literally nothing. Stupid. Really, just... You say that you shouldn't have regrets in life. I have regrets. Quite a, Not quite a few, but a few. One is that, you know, I didn't go to college after high school um, and and did what I did in my mid-30s, and I could have done in my early 20s, but now I'm sitting here talking to you. <sighs> At any rate, Porter ended up going to the Cubs. Then before the Mets, he had two years in Arizona. Well, he gets a job mid-December. ESPN comes out with a story that says, Jared, 
was trying to put the moves on a foreign reporter back in like 2017, 2016, 2017, something like that, when he was with the Cubs um, and bombarded this poor girl with, with text messages. And eventually, a dick pic. A dick pic. Now I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the show before. This is a this is a total aside. I'm gonna have a couple of sides in this story, but this is aside number one. Okay. I think I've talked about this on the show, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Regardless, I will never get the point of sending a picture of your dick to anybody and expecting a positive reaction. Now the first thing that you're probably thinking is, well, Dave, because you've probably got a small dick. That's neither here nor there, okay? Uh, you know, that's just like your opinion, man. So, you know, whatever. But look, I have a small dick, but look. I don't care if your dick is big, small, wide, thin, black, white, purple, it don't matter. 99.5% of people... Do not want to see that. If you find that 0.5%, well, then you've got a fucking keeper, dude. Congrats. I don't know where that's going to get you, but whatever. If a girl really wants to see your dick, she'll just say, hey, I want to see your dick. At least that's what I, I assume how that, that goes. It's never happened to me, so I don't know. But that would be an assumption. Dick pics. And the people that always get caught doing it are just the fucking dumbest. Just just dumb fucking people. Who shouldn't be dumb. Jeff Bezos shouldn't be that dumb. And of all the people to fucking send a dick pic, that guy? Brett Favre, another dick pic guy. Ugh. He, he probably could have seen that coming. Jared Porter here. Dick pic guy. Probably could have seen that coming. Why? Nah, I'm not going to make that assumption. But. So look. Story comes out and Jared gets fired. Of course. Rightfully so. The Mets can't have this fucking cocksower running around. Uh, you know. In charge of their fucking club. Like they're the fucking Mets. Which is embarrassing enough on its own. So they needed to make the change. And again. Rightfully so. The reaction to all this has really been par for the course here. Par for America, if you will. You got one side saying, you know, good job. This guy's a scumbag. He should, you know, should never be able to do anything ever again. He, she, he should never be able to buy coffee in public. In fact, he should never show his face anywhere ever again. He needs to wear a burlap sack with a giant fucking scarlet letter stamped on his forehead because he sent a dick pic that he shouldn't have done. Here's the thing, okay? Uh, he's a shitbag. Deserved to get fired, okay? In fact, he deserved to get fired from his other jobs, but apparently the Cubs and the Diamondbacks had no clue that this was going on. Okay? Which, which kind of tells you that the young lady here that was victimized by Jared Porter wasn't looking to... Uh, I don't know, to be, you know, 
looking for vengeance or revenge. I don't, you know, look, you don't know, but that's my assumption. ESPN found about found out about this, and they've known about it for a while. So you have the other side of the aisle uh, screaming about how ESPN sat on it until the time was right, which is just fucking as if Jared Porter of Thayer Academy fame uh, is like so fucking important that ESPN was was sitting there rubbing their hands like, ah, ha, 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 we'll get this guy. We'll wait until he becomes the general manager in a large market, and then we'll strike. No. Like, what the fuck? I mean, honestly, how, how fucking stupid is that? The fact of the matter is, the victim here didn't want to do anything with this guy. He gets hired by the Mets, and she starts thinking, like, this motherfucker has his dream job. I wanted a, 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 a job in baseball, but I couldn't because of this fucking guy. So, you know, that's when things move. And so ESPN puts out the story, Porter gets fired, and here we are. Well, the interesting part is, is the way that some people are reacting to this, okay? Uh, the girl, like, avoided being in the same fucking city as the guy while she was covering the game. And she eventually went back to her native country and got out of journalism altogether. Apparently she's in finance now. Exciting. High finance. But I guess that's just ESPN sitting on, on the story until it's convenient for them. But a big fuck you goes out to Craig Carton at uh, FAN in New York. That felonious shitbag. And as I said, I'm all for second chances, but that guy sure as shit should not be on the radio in a major market. At all. Then again, the only place on earth where his fake bullshit shtick flies is in New York, so there you go. But this whole fucking story is bananas to me. Because there's so many layers. The simple part is that this guy's a creep, he got caught, he got fired. That's easy. All the all the other shit swirling around it, like, it's the Mets. It's uh, people that hate ESPN. It's fucking... Uh, I don't know. Other, uh, other entities that I can't think of off the top of my head, because I'm an idiot. There's so much involved here. And it's all stupid. It's all dumb. Like... Imagine if the guy just sent text messages. Apparently there were 62 of these fucking text messages that he sent this girl. But it was like 62. I don't know where the dick pic fell in that line of text. I don't know if it was early. or My, my guess is that, you know, it was somewhere in the middle. And then there were 30 I'm sorry's after that when he realized, you know. But uh, Anthony Cumia of Opie and Anthony fame... Uh, coined the phrase the perv switch. And when somebody flicks that perv switch, you're fucked. Jared Porter flicked the perv switch, sent a picture of his dick, and now his fucking career is donezo. He shouldn't work in a front office again. And again, I do believe in second chances, and I'm almost certain that he'll turn up as a scout in the game at some point. 
but won't be anytime soon. He comes from uh, he comes from fine stock, apparently. So who knows? I'm making all these assumptions about this guy, and you know, the only thing I know for a fact is that he's a creep. All these other assumptions I'm making are just terrible. I shouldn't do that. It's wrong. But as a, a, a side number two, a, a, a side number two, friend of the show is a a friend or acquaintance. I'm going to say I'm going to use acquaintance. I'm not going to tell you which friend of the show. Might get a little pissy about it, but um, is an acquaintance of Mr. Porter. He went to uh, Mr. Porter's wedding uh, when he married uh, Brian Burke, his daughter. Brian Burke, former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think, and the, and the Flyers. Pretty sure he played hockey. Could be wrong. There's more of those familial uh, ties to hockey. But uh, those two got divorced. Porter and Ms. Burke. Um, but Jared uh, also went to uh, my buddy's uh, wedding as well. So there's that connection there. You should find it amusing. Uh, it was funny because when he got hired, we got the text message from him. He's like, oh, I know this guy. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's pretty cool. You know the GM for the Mets. And then he sent me one the other day like, uh, ooh, yeah. Uh, he sent me this, the like this the tweet of the story from the New York Post that he'd been fired. Uh, hey, you think he wants to be on the on the podcast? <laughs> like, uh, complaints and observations where you can tell your side of the story no matter how fucked up it is. Oh, boy. That's good stuff. <clears throat> All right. It is time for Three Gripes. Gripe number one. Voice activated anything. I don't like it. And as I was uh, setting up and, and typing up a script here for, for Three Gripes, I realized that uh, I've now turned into the same guy who in, like, in the 70s was screaming about the remote control. A remote control? You don't have to get up to change the channel? How fucking lazy are you? Because you know those guys existed. Here I am, voice-activated guy, getting all pissed off. Now, my darling wife bought a an Alexa disc thing. Speaker thing, Okay in the bathroom, right? And it acts as, you know, the bathroom radio. We've always had a radio in the bathroom. I like listening to shit when I'm in the bathroom shitting. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so instead of the old radio that we had, she bought this thing and it acts as now the radio. So you walk in and you say, Alexa, uh, 98.5 The Sports Hub. Getting 98.5 FM The Sports Hub on iHeartRadio. And then it plays. Well, she decided that she was going to uh, connect the her her bedside lamp to the Alexa somehow with I don't know some kind of plug or some shit. 
So now, like she'll be up reading at night. Uh, and then when she's done, Alexa, turn off the light. And it takes, you know, however many times to sit there. Then she has to fucking yell it. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to yell it now. Because literally, the thin floors in this fucking house, if I start yelling it, I, I can almost guarantee you I'm going to go upstairs when, when I'm done here. And that fucking thing is going to be turned on. I can almost fucking guarantee. I can't really hear it. Might be a little low from from earlier, but I can almost guarantee that fucking thing is on. Oh, I fucking hate it so much. Like it's really not that. It's not difficult. And when you see these commercials, like like there's one for for Dish Network where they they have the Google version of this. Alexa, off. They have the Google version of this. And it's like, uh, she it's this woman sitting down, and she's, you know, telling the fucking uh, Google thing to do all this different shit. Uh, Google, lock the door. Google, now my fucking phone is doing shit, because I said, Google, fuck you. Oh, see what I mean? Ugh. Stupid. The commercial's like, uh, Google, lock the door. Google, uh, you know, rub my balls. Google, fucking do this, do that. How fucking lazy do we have to... Have we gone to the point now where we're getting up off the couch is a fucking inconvenience? To do anything? Leaning over to turn off the fucking lamp is so difficult that you need the goddamn remote control assistant thing to do it for you? Stop! Enough. You don't need it. It's just, it's too much. Enough is enough. All right? I'm putting my fucking foot down. You know, like, Siri was bad enough when that fucking stupid thing came out because you had a whole bunch of people saying, Siri, uh, what's the weather like today? <laughs> it's gonna fucking snow, dipshit. Open your door. I, just, I don't like any of it. And yeah, this is the the whole fucking crotchety old man bullshit. I don't know. I, I it just reminds me of Skynet in 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 so many ways. That one day you're gonna ask her to do something and she's gonna be like, "No, I'm going to kill you." I'm not. No, instead of turning on the radio, how about I fucking kill you? And then like some laser beam like splits you in half. All because I couldn't have a fucking regular uh, radio in my bathroom. <laughs> it's a bit extreme, but whatever. All right. Gripe number two. Uh, the NFL. Okay. Uh, I've talked about the NFL before and how they're just... They're so transparent and fake. It's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous, okay? Look. There are no black owners... I think there are like three black GMs, and right now there are two black head coaches, where the league, the players, are more than 70% black. There's a disconnect here. I'm sorry, but there is. And then what I don't need is the NFL uh, putting out statements on the importance of Dr. Martin Luther King a day late, mind you. 
a day late. There was a dynamite, 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 dynamite uh, a tweet uh, from Jesus of Jesus and Marrow fame, where it's a picture of a white dude at the uh, Dr. King Memorial, uh, yeah, the statue in, in D.C., and it's the white guy, and of course he's wearing a fucking Celtics jersey with no undershirt. He's got his arms crossed, just like the the uh, the sculpture. And there's a black guy behind the white guy, and he's just he can see that the white guy is getting his picture taken, standing there with his fucking arms crossed. And the tweet's like, <laughs> the tweet was it's it's so bad to tell stories about fucking pictures. One because I can't fucking tell stories, and two because I'm not going to be able to do that justice at all. But it was a funny fucking picture, and he was like, um, you know, this is white America today, and he was so fucking spot on. But the NFL, whose league is seventy percent black can't even fucking put out a goddamn tweet on time. It's like, you know, you're already fucking blackballed Colin Kaepernick out of the fucking league, okay? Everything that they say about diversity is apparently bullshit. Don't fuck, like, it. all you need to do is put in a little fucking effort. A shred of effort. But the lack of effort is so appalling. It makes no goddamn sense to me. These fucking good old boys that own the goddamn league, they just can't wait to fucking bring in another dumb white guy to fucking screw up their football team. See this goober that's fucking, that got hired by the Falcons? Arthur Smith, I think is his name. This guy is like... I think his dad... Uh, is like the he, he might be like Arthur Blank, the guy that owns the team. Uh, his father's uh, oh, what the fuck? No, he's a FedEx guy. What am I saying? Fred, he's Fred Smith. Oh, that's gonna fucking segue into my third gripe so good, and I didn't even realize it. <laughs> oh man. So fucking Arthur Blank, rich guy from Home Depot, hires uh, Fred Smith's kid to be to coach his fucking team. Like, how stupid is that? Fred Smith has a daughter named Windland. All right, let me get this fucking straight. <laughs> oh, this is great. Fred Smith has. One, two, three, four, five children. Dick, Dick Smith, uh, Arthur Smith, Art. There's a name that's come up twice in the program. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Molly Smith, but then he has two other kids, uh, a son named Cannon, Cannon Smith, and a daughter named Windland. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. What am I doing here? What was I even talking about? <laughs> off the rails. Off the rails. NFL, stop being so fucking racist. Knock it off. All right. Gripe number three. Now, look. 
bear with me here because this was this was something that I just noticed the other day. Okay. Remember the movie Castaway? Of course you do. You've seen it. You've probably seen it numerous times. I've seen it numerous times. It's a great film. Okay. It's one of those movies where, and it, I think it's it's finally in the category where if I know it's on, I stop and watch it, even though I've seen it a thousand times. I have a, I have a few of those movies. I don't really watch new movies. I just watch the same ones over and over and over again. Saving Sarah Marshall. I've seen that movie 8,000 fucking times. The Blues Brothers. I've seen that movie 8,000 times. Every now and again, something that you didn't see before pops up. For example, in The Blues Brothers, I learned this the other day. Uh, another movie that I've watched a thousand times, Trading Places, right? When Dan Aykroyd get a, gets arrested, his mugshot has a number on it, okay? It's the same exact number as Jake Blues in Blues Brothers. When he gets, when, when it's a mugshot. And apparently, it was like an homage, if you will, uh, to, to Belushi after he uh, passed away. Isn't that fucking wild? Anyways, has nothing to do with this gripe. So, Castaway. Okay. The end of the movie, right? When Chuck uh, gets back, he's all despondent because, you know, he obviously wants wants to see uh, Kelly again and wants to go back to... He, he, it's the only thing that kept him going for four-plus years on the island. So, he's he's in the, in the airport lounge there, and all of a sudden, in walks... Um, Kelly's new husband and says, uh, you know, she really she wanted to be here, and but she can't. It's very tough. And here's poor Chuck staring at this dude that's now porking his wife. And, um, you know, he's, he's kind of stunned. He's like, oh, okay. Here's where it gets fucking weird to me, okay? Bear with me. He opens the shades, and there's, there's Helen Hunt, there's Kelly. Uh, with Mr. Big there, whatever the fuck. I can't remember the guy's name. Fuck. Uh, with her husband. And, uh, you know, so instead of running out after her, Chuck just kind of stands there and is watching, and he can definitely see that Kelly is crying. She's having a tough time with this. But he does nothing. Closes the blinds, and off he goes. Okay? Later that night, he's lying on the floor, and he's flipping the lights, and he's clearly lost in himself. Can't figure it out. Well, He's going to take a cab to Kelly's house. So here's the thing, okay? Who did he ask to get Kelly's address from? Is that, you know, it's obviously not the same house because he's like, at some point, he says, you have a nice house. It's not the same house. So they didn't live there together. Where is, who gives him the Who rats out Kelly? Gives him the address. Somebody did. Was it that weird friend of his? Could be. He goes in the house and and she's like, oh, they're asleep. Meaning, I, I assume, her husband and, and the kid, because we learn that she has a daughter. Everything that takes place after that really has me fucking scratching my head all of a sudden. So, they're obviously not being quiet. They're having a conversation, a, 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 a normal-toned conversation. And then they leave the house and go into the garage. How is the husband not woken up and investigated what's happening here? He doesn't know that, that Chuck has arrived. Like a cab fucking, a car pulls in. She wakes up. She saw the cab. 
she says that she hasn't been able to sleep. So she saw the cab and she knew it was him somehow. There's just so much and I, I can't fucking, I can't figure it out. So they go to the garage and she shows him the Jeep like this is your car, blah, blah, blah. Then he has to leave, okay? So now you have a car pulling out of the garage and going down the driveway. The husband apparently is still in, in fucking Never Never Land here, fast asleep, not having any clue what's going on with his wife. And this guy who is literally back from the dead, who she used to, you know, be in, madly in love with. So Chuck goes down the driveway and he leaves. Kelly is now, she's at, at the garage. And it's at this point where she realizes that she's made, she may have made a grave mistake. And she fucking screams, Chuck, now look, how does the guy not wake up now? She fucking screams Chuck and starts running down the driveway. Chuck fucking burns ass in reverse. Guy hasn't fucking driven a car in four years, and yet he can fucking throw that Jeep in reverse and get right back. Not apparently, still nothing. He has to be watching, right? Like, he has to be fucking looking out the window, seeing what's going on, watching it all unfold. Chuck backs up. And then and they start making out in the fucking rain. Cliched bullshit scene. They're making out in the rain. Then she gets in the car with him. Now, look, if he's watching and sees her get in the car with him, that's the fucking, I'm running down the stairs, I'm running outside, and fucking Chuck's getting a punch in the nose. Look, dude, I know you were dead for four years, uh, but look, things are different now, man. And then, what's the conversation like when she goes back in the house because she gets out of the car? She has to go, She has to go home, Chuck says. What what the fuck does she say to the guy? Well, you know, we made out for a little while, and then I came I came to my senses and realized that I I can't do it, even though I told him I loved him. Like, <laughs> what does the guy say? What does the guy say? There's so many unanswered questions. Just like after that, when when Chuck's down in Texas to deliver that package that saved his life, and he runs into the woman. Uh, who owns the ranch, Who whose package he just delivered, clearly by herself, why doesn't he turn around and, like, fucking go and knock on the door and, and try to strike up a conversation with her? A great movie, 20 years old, and I really shouldn't get this fucking worked up about it, but what the fuck? That's it for the show. Listen, Go to Instagram, at Doors of Salem. Again, Instagram, at Doors of Salem. Check it out. You'll love it. Uh, I have an Instagram page, at ComplaintsPod. Go there. Check it out. You'll hate it. It's stupid. Uh, I have a Twitter account. Same thing. Stupid. At ComplaintsPod. I have a Facebook page. Don't use it, because fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page, that I because I'm just an idiot. Don't use that. If an email address, show mail at complaintsandobservations.com, nobody ever sends me emails. But I have one. 
Also have a voicemail line, 617-65-RIP-EM. Call in. Fuck, that just reminded me. I, I had one. Fuck. Next week. Uh, but yeah, 617-65-RIP-EM. R-I-P-E-M, RIP-EM. 617-65-RIP-EM. I keep saying it, but nobody fucking calls. Call in. Complain about something. Observe something. Share with share with me. Share with the world. It's exciting, right? No, it's not. It's a fucking stupid podcast. Everybody's got a podcast, and, and mine just happens to suck worse than most. But today was a good episode. I enjoyed today's show. A lot of energy, especially at the end here. I am rambling. Oof, man. Anywho, thanks for listening. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Ta-ta. Speechless.